guess what, folks? We're now on Patreon. Yes, we are. That's right. So for $1 a month, you get early access to new Bidwabask episodes, which is really exciting. And uh, you also get the occasional thank you for supporting two Seinfeld fans from Down Under. That's right. If you want a a shout out on the podcast uh, and in our episode notes uh, for $1 a month plus the early access, uh, that's what you get. That's right. For $2 a month, you get all that. Plus, you get access to Season 10. It's our new Patreon exclusive podcast where we uh, hypothesize the hypothetical season 10 of Seinfeld and we come up with episodes and plots and new and old secondary characters. That's right. We have already released uh, the prologue, which is the preseason, I guess you could say, uh, which details the 20 years between 1998 when they went to prison and uh, 2018 uh, and, and the lives and what's happened in that 20 year gap for the Core Four as well as a couple of other characters. Yep. And uh, the first episode of season 10, uh, which will be released soon on Patreon, uh, will start from 2018, where they are now and uh, for the next sort of 20 odd episodes, like a normal season of Seinfeld. And that's right. And we do have more tiers as well. So go to patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask, B I D W B A S C, for more information and to uh, subscribe and support us. Look, Sigmund! Look at the sky! The planet's on fire! It is just as you prophesized! The planet of our solar system incinerating! Like flaming loaves, Sigmund! Like flaming loaves! <laughs> but I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hello, Stephen. Hey. Uh, my name is uh, Larry David. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Ivan. Oh, it Ivan is. David. Ivan David, yes. Mm. And you're Stephen David. No. Or Larry Stephen. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I'll well, take it. You'll take it. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast where we talk about the secondary characters from the greatest show of all time, and we review episodes, and we talk about the secondaries in non-sequential order. So one day we could be in season eight, next minute, season one. Next minute. Next minute, you know, so we bounce back and forth. But Stephen, it is a fifth episode of this podcast, so what do we do? Uh, we take a major secondary character, normally, and we talk about them. So every fifth episode, uh, we would talk about, say, Putty or Newman, uh, and you can go back and listen to all those episodes. However, we realized a little while ago that we were plowing through all the major secondaries in our What's the Deal episodes a bit too quickly. Yeah, And we didn't want to uh, have none left to talk about, you know, as we go along further uh, podcasting about Seinfeld. So mm-hmm. we figured we'd start doing some uh, some cast members and yes. some important people around Seinfeld. We were plowing, you know, through them like Newman at a buffet. That's like, right. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, like yeah. Now, uh, like uh, Newman with the box of fried chicken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, honey we've... mustard, honey mustard. <laughs> <laughs> this week we've decided to do the the man, the legend, the myth, the king, the uh, the ultimate creator of Seinfeld, Larry David. This, yes, one of the two creators of Seinfeld, along with Jerry. And, yeah. Because uh, this week it is a what's the deal with episode so what's the deal with larry david and uh we've had a couple of requests for larry you know on our social media feeds at bitwabask b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c uh facebook twitter and instagram and all that stuff um yeah it's been uh been very interesting we thought yeah we thought why not let's just do like a real guy because larry david you know he hasn't really besides voicing george steinbrenner he hasn't really played like another major character but i've noticed Stephen looking looking back at a, a lot of his scenes over the week you know reviewing this episode he's been involved in a lot of major events in the show yeah he has um mostly as a voice actor a voice actor like for example in the marine biologist you know where the whales beached right with the golf ball in its hole yep 
it's actually Larry David that yells, who here's a marine biologist? Oh, and that's yeah. how George gets to act. So, you know, he's involved in like pivotal key moments scenes. like the key scenes. Yeah, which is, I, guess, I find great. I guess when you're the creator of uh, of the show, you know, where you want to insert yourself, you just can. You're like, I like this scene. I'm just yeah. going to write myself in here it's or write myself a, a part that I can voice. So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can, yes. And if you want to get in touch with us, say good day, you know, see how we're doing. Bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com. I already mentioned the social media. Uh, Steve, what's our website? Uh, Bidwabasspodcast.com. And uh, we are also on Patreon as well. Uh, head to patreon.com forward slash bidwabas to check out all the tiers and uh, get access to season 10. Yes. Our uh, exclusive Patreon-only podcast. Indeed, yes. And we're up to, what What episode are we up to this week? Episode uh, three, wasn't episode it? Episode three, yeah. yeah so we've, right. we've already done three episodes, so one <laughs> pre-season episode explaining what's happened in the last 20 years Yeah. between the end of season nine and the start of our hypothetical season 10 and uh, the first two episodes, The Office Job and The Spitting Barista. Yes, of course. <laughs> so what do you reckon, Larry? Seinfeld News? Sounds good. Okay, this week's Seinfeld news, a bit of a shorter one. Uh, the first two episodes of our season five have been a bit longer, three or four, five pieces per, per episode, but this one's a bit shorter. So how many pieces of juicy chicken news do you have this week? <laughs> two. Two. Uh, so the first one, a YouTube series by the name of Does It Hold Up? They've been uh, they've been around for a little while, and I've watched a few of their things. Yeah, yeah, me too. Sometimes yep. they trend on YouTube, and they're, they're mostly pretty good. And what they do is they take something from the past, usually the 80s or the 90s, some sort of pop culture uh, cornerstone that was relevant to a previous generation, and uh, they make a bunch of Gen Zers uh, and uh, millennials, usually younger people, yeah. watch it now who haven't been exposed to it. That's right. Um, and they they ask the question: Does it hold up? Does it make sense in 2018? Yeah, or exactly. whatever the year of uh, the video is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you can guess they've done it recently for Seinfeld. They did, yes. And it was funny because last week we did the Cigar Store Indian and that was one of the uh, episodes that they were uh, asking, does it hold up? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was. I think it was the last one. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, last week when we discussed this, uh, the Cigar Store Indian, we agreed that it doesn't, well, parts of it doesn't parts hold up. Parts of it hold up, yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, the episode generally does, but the parts with uh, Jerry being insensitive towards Native Americans... Not so much. Not so much, no. Yeah. And it was really interesting, too, because I did watch that video as well, Steve. Yep. And I, f- I was surprised at how many Gen Zers actually liked Seinfeld. Yeah. There was actually a couple of them that were laughing all the way through, and they said, oh, and, and one of them was talking about the pacing of the show, the writing, and, like, stuff you wouldn't have expected from, like, a young, like, 17-year-old kid. It's like, really? And he was, like, dissecting Seinfeld. Okay. And that's exactly how we think of it, you know? It's yeah. funny, it's hilarious, it's well-written. Yeah, you know, I mean... Well-acted, it's like, wow, okay. And he was, like, really dissecting it. It was really cool. Yeah, I mean, some of the topics yeah. and some of the plots and some of the even jokes or the references don't hold up in 2018 because they're they're of its time. Yeah. But quality is still quality. Yeah. You know, you can watch something from the 50s that has no relevance in terms of pop culture or references or... You know, even in general society, but if it's a well written movie or show or book or whatever, it still holds up. Like so, most episodes of The Twilight Zone, they came out in the 50s and 60s. You watch them now, they're amazing. Yeah. Like the p- production values are fantastic and the stories are just incredible. Yeah. I mean, you Seinfeld know. gets a lot of praise for the fact that it broke the sitcom mold, um, you know, and for its characters and the quotable lines. But yeah, take yeah. all that away, and it's a really well written, tightly, tightly shot, tightly casted. You know, beautiful show in 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 the way it's constructed, yeah, and that yeah. that will that's universal. In a hundred years, people will still look back and, yeah. and 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 praise the quality of the show. And going back to that video, as I did mention, the Cigar Store Indian was one of the episodes they spoke about. I found it stunning that the majority, actually, I think half of the Gen Zers, I think it was about eight of them. Mm. I think four or five of them said the Cigar Store Indian would hold up in twenty eighteen. Yeah, and I think only two of them said the contest would hold up in twenty eighteen, which I found really interesting. 
yeah. I think it was two or three that said it could work. Yeah, I, I know. I was, it was stunning. I thought maybe the Sagasta were Indian, you know, because of the Native American stereotypes. I thought maybe, you know, but I think they were more, I think a couple of the Gen Zers were more um, focused on the fact that Jerry's a bit ignorant of, of like his racial insensitivity, insensitivities, and that's what the comedy is. Yeah. Like you could throw anyone of a different race in there and Jerry would probably do the same thing. Yeah. It's I think that's inter- kind of the joke. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we discussed last week about the difference between intention and consequence yeah, yeah, and the yeah. consequences were insensitive but the intention wasn't he was just ignorant and he just needed to be told hey stop doing that yeah yeah which is you know everyone does that it doesn't matter what your age is mm. everyone you know puts their foot in it from time <laughs> to time yes you know even if I they know don't that for even, a fact. even yes. if they don't mean to so yes yeah no no um uh, one, one thing that kind of annoyed me is uh i read some uh, well, it didn't annoy me. Well, actually, no, it did. I went on a bit of a rant. You went on a Facebook uh, group, <laughs> a Seinfeld one, didn't you? Yeah. Not well, right posting. No, no, no. So, on, was it on Seinfeld? So, we're, Ivan and I are part of a couple of uh, uh, Seinfeld groups on Facebook. And uh, I read more than I post, but occasionally I'll chime in with a bit of a rant, as I tend to do. Was it shit posting? Or, um, I think it was no Seinfeld group for you. No Seinfeld group th- for you, think, which is normally yeah, yeah. a really awesome group. I think you left the comment before... The new Seinfeld shit posting group popped up. I think yep. it was like a few days before. Because uh, if you if you follow Seinfeld pages on Facebook, there's this whole situation with this Seinfeld right posting. Yeah, you know there used to be shit posting, and now there's a new shit posting group, and it, it's too much. I mean, if you follow those groups, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's just a bunch of like internet garbage with a yeah. bunch of like just dumb nerds yeah. who just have too much time on their hands. Basically, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Seinfeld shit posting is a good one now. Yes, yep. and no and Seinfeld no group. Yeah, yeah, for you, which is awesome. Yep. So, yep. yeah, someone posted the video, and naturally, most people were like, "Oh, young people, what did they? What do they know?" They were kind of taking it with a grain of salt. It's yeah, fine, yeah, yeah. but some people were really bothered, and like, oh, they and, and they used it as a as a as a uh, you know as an opportunity to to knock millennials. Like yeah, they're all young, all and they're all entitled, they're all entitled, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, we're millennials, it, and we love Seinfeld. Yeah, and it's, and it's like. <laughs> But they weren't even talking about. They weren't criticizing the fact that millennials didn't like or Gen Zers didn't like Seinfeld. Yeah, they took it was it was basically old man yells at cloud. Yeah, basically, young people yes. have a different opinion to me, so therefore they're fucked and they're wrong. It's like, uh, am I out of touch? No, it's, it's the, the kids. Ch- it's, it's the, the children, children who are out of wrong. touch. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went on a bit of a rant, and I'm like, if you are bothered by a bunch of people you don't know and have no bearing on your life, disliking a show that you love, yeah then you're just being a big sook. And I left a comment as well. I saw yours and I'm like, I'm going to put my two cents in. I'm going to throw my hat in the Seinfeld ring. Yep. I said that the majority of Gen Zers said it would hold up in 2018 overall yeah. and a couple of them were actually laughing all the way through. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, the worst... They weren't all uptight. There were a few that didn't really like it which is fair enough yeah but you know it's okay but they weren't they weren't cutting it to to pieces they were just saying like i don't really like this show like that's that's perfectly fine i know a lot of people our age in our 30s who don't like seinfeld or never watched it that's all right yeah they're weirdos but But people people take people take (laughs) someone's subjective opinion really personally yeah it's like you you can love seinfeld you can you can, you know, worship at the altar of Seinfeld for the rest of your life just because some kid that you'll never meet yeah. doesn't like it. Who cares? Exactly. Get over it. But anyway, that was a really funny video and very insightful, and I'm glad that there are Gen Zers that still like Seinfeld. Yeah. So it's good that Seinfeld, hopefully the next generation will appreciate it. I think it will always have, uh, you know, it'll be, it's like, I don't know, the Brady Bunch. Yeah. It will be on TV forever. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, anyway, that's enough about that. <laughs> second bit of Seinfeld news. I got you rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty easy to do. <laughs> The second and final bit of Seinfeld news uh, for this week. Uh, every year, a lot of uh, a lot of places have Festivus uh, celebrations. They do, yes. December twenty-one is the official day of Festivus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hang on, no, December twenty-three. 
December 23, yes. That's December right. 23. Three days. Yes, that's right. right. Uh, I don't have my aluminium pole yet, but I'll, I'll go past Bunnings and I'll uh, pick one up. We will be wearing shitty Christmas sweaters and competing in feats of strength, though, this year. We have to. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, the Vicino Brewing Company, which is in Carboro, which is a, a town in California. Okay. Uh, they're holding an event, uh, and they're actually having feats of strength. They're actually they've actually got an aluminium pole. Um, they're they're going all out. They're really really just yeah going gung ho. Last last year we went to a uh, festivus quote unquote festivus event. Well, you did. I didn't go. Yeah, um, yeah. In Melbourne CBD. And uh, I remember on Facebook, it was, yeah, it was described as Festivus, but... But there was, was all different things. It like pretty it, underwhelming. Yeah, it wasn't just Seinfeld. They also had Simpsons stuff, Friends yeah. stuff. It wasn't... I thought it was going to be like a full Seinfeld thing, but yeah. it was just like different celebrations of different things They kind of just TV shows. They kind of just used the popularity of, of the of the word and name That's Festivus. Right. That's right. Just as like a general descriptor for a pop culture thing, but yeah, exactly. it wasn't very Seinfeldy. Yes. Uh, unlike this event. So if you are in... Carboro in California on December 21 between 6pm and 9pm at the Vicino Brewing Company's uh, main brewery. Uh, yeah, you can come along. You can wear a ugly sweater. You can compete in feats of strength. Uh, they're going to have Festivus themed food, uh, beer specials uh, and all sorts of things. And uh, no doubt over the next week or two, there's probably going to be a whole bunch of Festivus events Oh yeah, here in Australia and Melbourne and uh, around the world. There so, will be, um, yes. And we'll be wrestling and airing our grievances of each other. For sure. Yeah. You know. Uh, that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Steve. Thanks very much, as always, mate. And uh, this week, it is a What's the Deal with episode. And this week, we're talking about Larry David, one of the two creators of the greatest sitcom of all time. So when we come back, we'll talk a bit about Larry David, as well as, uh, you know, his career, what he's been doing outside of Seinfeld. A bit of trivia about him. I've got quite a few trivia notes about uh, about Larry. And we'll also celebrate and talk about his parts in Seinfeld, especially uh, his... Him being the voice of George Steinbrenner is also, as well as uh, some influential bit parts he had in the show as well. You're listening to, but I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> That's Newman. <laughs> Am I in the wrong? Well, what are you waiting for? Colleen, <laughs> come on, take a walk with me down to the laundromat. I gotta pay this guy the money. I like horses. Maybe I could be a stable boy. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are talking about Larry David, one of the co-creators and uh, masterminds and all-around greatest humans on Earth uh, of Seinfeld. That's right, because it is What's the Deal With. Uh, every fifth episode, we don't talk about an episode. We get a major secondary character and we analyse them and the actor or actress who portrays them, but... Uh, yeah, like Stephen mentioned at the start of the episode, we're running a bit thin on major secondary characters and we want to kind of spread them all out, you know, over the seasons rather than do them all in one hit and never do what's the deal with again because I actually really enjoy doing these episodes. Yeah, it's they great. break it up a bit. Yeah, so this time we're talking about the co-creator of Seinfeld, Larry David. So uh, what do you reckon, Steve? Should we talk about Lawrence Jean David for a little bit? Sure. Go yeah. ahead. So Lawrence Jean David, a.k.a. Larry David, is a two-time primetime Emmy Award-winning American writer, comedian, actor, director, and TV producer. He is the co-creator of Seinfeld, and he was the head writer and producer from 1987 to 1997. 1989. Oh, 1989. Oh, it said 87 on his bio. There oh, you go. Must have been... Uh, oh, I was going to say, what, what's Seinfeld 87? Seinfeld started in 89. I was so. going to say, what the hell? What are these notes? Really yeah. weird. Now, I, I read it just... You're right. I read it just then, and I'm like, 87? We what? need to kick our fact-checker up the arse. Yeah, indeed, Yes. 
We don't have a fact check. No, we don't. <laughs> um, he's gained further recognition for the HBO series Curb Your Enthusiasm, which he created, and he stars as a semi-fictionalised version of himself. Now, Matt and Vinny from Signcast, I've heard, you know, that you probably want to do a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. When's that going to happen, if you guys listen, or if anyone is a Signcast fan? Um, when's that happening? You know, because Curb Your Enthusiasm is such a great show, and I think it needs to be analysed. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast at all. No, there's not. I'm surprised there isn't because it is a popular show. Come on, Matt and Vinny. And it's the sort of show that people who would do niche podcasts would watch. Yeah. It's got that sort of audience. Yeah. Well, I did put up a tweet last night of the episodes we've actually done for Bidwa Basque. I saw that. Yeah, we're 36.6666666667% of the way there. Just over a third. So, yeah, I don't think a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast is uh, is on the horizon just yet. Not for us. No, not for us. But this is a call. If you are thinking of doing a podcast, do it on Curb Your Enthusiasm because we won't have to. Yeah. Come on, Soundcast. (laughs) Lift your game. Uh, hey guys, if you listen. Um, so Larry's appeared in over 40 episodes of Seinfeld, most notably as the voice of George Steinbrenner. Big George needs his eggplant cow's own. Formerly a stand-up comedian, David went into TV comedy, writing and starring in ABC's Fridays. And he wrote briefly for Saturday Night Live. He's also written and directed 1998 comedy Sour Grapes, which received mixed reviews at the time of its release. And do you want to hear a really funny trivia uh, fact about Sour Grapes? Sure. So Roger Ebert, the late Roger Ebert, the movie critic, who used to give the thumbs up and thumbs down for his, mm-hmm. uh, his films, uh, he gave the film zero stars, and that's a rating he saves for especially bad movies he finds to be evil. Uh, David got his revenge on Curb Your Enthusiasm, where a food critic who uses the thumbs up down approach for uh, reviewing restaurants uh, gets his thumbs accidentally broken by David during a dodgeball <laughs> game. And apparently, even he loved the show, although he recalls wincing at the thumb breaking scene. Yeah, you would. Yeah, it was good. It was like a little little fu to um to Roger. For but a good natured one. A good natured one, yes. A good natured ribbing, yes. So that's what I have. What about you? Uh, I don't have any trivia. I'm going to be honest. I've done zero preparation for this. <laughs> Fair enough. So it's going to be mostly you talking and me going, oh. oh interesting. Fair enough. Well, interesting. Just, I've got quite a few trivia notes, but I don't think I'll be reading all of them. Um, just the main ones. Sure. So in a 2004 British poll to find the comedian's comedian, Larry was ranked the 23rd greatest comedy star ever, which is really interesting. That was a few years after Curb came out. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he would have cemented his status uh, on the comedy TV scene by then as an actor. Uh, as he grew richer with a Forbes estimated fortune of more than $200 million for Seinfeld, this otherwise hapless former failed stand-up comedian said that he developed an allergy for caviar or to caviar. <laughs> and he says that was the perfect metaphor for my life. Yeah. So now he could afford caviar, he couldn't eat it. Work that <laughs> one out. Um, he was a writer on SNL, like I mentioned, for one season. Uh, in that entire season, he only got one sketch that he had written on the air and it was the last sketch of the night. <laughs> uh, and despite his Brooklyn upbringing, he's always been a New York Yankees fan. Uh, he's also the inspiration for George Costanza, although the actual surname is borrowed from Jerry's real-life acquaintance, Michael Costanza. Hmm. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, the popularity of Curb has resulted in the term Larry David moment, which means inadvertently causing a socially awkward situation. I've Entry- had many of those. Yes, we all have. <laughs> uh, don't you just wish like the Curb theme would play out after your incident? You know, like the Curb, the Curb memes? Yeah. 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 Like, 
Yep. It just starts playing. That would be awesome. That, that reminds me, there's an old Family Guy episode where Peter's, Peter is uh, granted three wishes. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the other two are, but one of them is uh, that he has his own theme music for life. So anytime he does anything, just this <laughs> music, music just comes plays. out of nowhere, just, ah, you know, from, from the sky, I guess, or yeah. in the background. <laughs> I wish we all had that. Yeah, that would be awesome. It would be. Yep. Um, and obviously, as Seinfeld fans like we all are, we all know this, but I thought I mentioned it anyway. Most of the stories in Seinfeld are based on things that really happened to him. Like the contest. Indeed, Which yes. we did mention last week. Yes, and also George returning to a job he quit a few days prior yep. as well in an earlier season. Uh, do you know he served in the Army Reserves no. in the US for a while? I could not imagine him being useful in the Army. Oh, there you go. Well, he did. Huh. Um, I guess, well, he was in the Reserves, so... Indeed. <laughs> and uh, he's a distant cousin of Bernie Sanders, uh, and he didn't start performing stand-up till he was in his 30s. Wow. And this year he was nominated for an Emmy Award for the lead actor in a comedy, uh, but he lost to Bill Hader for his role in Barry. Hmm. Mm. I haven't seen that show. No, I, I do like Bill, Hader, Bill Hader, though. Bill Hader, yeah, he's a really funny guy. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's all the trivia I have on Larry. So uh, should we talk about some of his most notable roles? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That sounds good. So we because we've already done an episode on George Steinbrenner in our Yankees staff episode. I think it's like season two we did that one. So go back to our archives if you want to listen to that one. I think we'll just probably just talk about his appearances. Yeah. You know. Just briefly. Just briefly, yeah. he does have quite a few. He does, yes. So Larry provides the voice for all 13 appearances of George Steinbrenner uh, over the course of the series. Um, he is also one of the people at the dinner table when Elaine goes over to the Chinese restaurant, or this is in the Chinese restaurant, rather. Yep, which uh, we covered two weeks ago. We did, yes. Uh, where Elaine goes over and attempts to eat an egg roll off the plate. And I did mention that. That was one of my trivia facts. Yeah. I did mention that Larry was one of the voices. Okay. Yes. He also appeared in the Revenge. Uh, he's heard as the voice of Newman. That's right. He actually played the first rendition of Newman. That's right. And uh, <laughs> in, in in subsequent re-airings of the show, uh, it was revoiced by Wayne Knight, who is the real Newman. Of course. Um, after he was cast as an actual character, you'd see. Yes. But uh, if you, I think you can find it on YouTube and probably on some DVD releases. Um, I think I've because uh, I've got all of the the episodes on my computer. Yeah. And uh, I whatever version I had, I can't. I've had them for so long, I can't even remember where I got them from. But uh, it's got the the Larry David voiceover oh, rather than the Newman voiceover. But nice. I've also seen the latter. Um, yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I've seen both of them too. Yeah. 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 One of my favourite. Um, on-screen appearances of Larry was in The Heart Attack. Mm-hmm. That was an episode we've covered as well. Yep. Um, as Jerry's watching in a movie at the start of the episode, Flaming Globes of Zygmunt is a movie that he watches like a B-grade film. Mm. Uh, Larry's seen and heard as the man yelling on the television screen, like Flaming Globes, Zygmunt, <laughs> like Flaming Globes. That's one of my favourite appearances of Larry. Ah, <laughs> So good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also appeared in The Alternate Side, which is a really... Kind of obscure episode of Seinfeld. These pretzels are making me thirsty. It's not in. I think that's the episode. No, no. The alternate side. No, no. Is it? I think so. No, that's where Jerry's girlfriend looks different in the dark and the light. No, that's the strike. What? Yeah, that's Two Face. Yes. Oh, that's the. No, we have a. We're going to mention it um, next week. We're doing the strike. Yeah. (laughs) Christmas. (laughs) We're going to leave it to the end. Yeah. Oh, Christmas. Oh, fuck it. We can still leave it to the end anyway. Yes. No, no. That's the strike, my friend. The alternate side is where Kramer goes in the Woody Allen movie, and he has that one line, and he f's it up. Oh. Yes. And then George becomes, uh, I think, a parking attendant. Oh. And he ruins the whole production. The alternate side. Yeah, yeah. It's like an early. What does the title of that episode refer to? The alternate side. The alternate side. I think it's. Is that the opposite side of the road? Yeah, I think so. I parking? think where George is parking the cars, I'm quite sure, oh. yes. I'm pretty sure that's the one, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, there you go. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> cool. He also uh, appears in the parking space, and he's the voice of the fight referee for the boxing match. 
um, that's on TV. That's right. And, and uh, everyone yeah. comes over to watch at Jerry's. And remember on the trip, Stephen, where uh, Kramer gets arrested and, you know, there's all the cop, there's Jerry smiling at Kramer and uh, they're all saying you're under arrest. Yep. If you look in the middle of the group on the right-hand side, Larry's there. He's one uh, of the people in the okay. shot. Yes. Right. Mm. He, <laughs> he is the voice of Saddam Hussein. Oh, yeah. That's Saddam Hussein. In the dinner party. It's very chilly out. You should wear a jacket. It can <laughs> yeah. be quite cold. <laughs> who, uh, who runs into George and Kramer um, while they're waiting uh, for him to move his car. That's Saddam Hussein, the dictator. I love how George just shits himself. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, in the airport, uh, Larry's heard as a passenger on Jerry and Elaine's flight. Uh, he indicates that he was supposed to get the kosher meal that Elaine wound up with, but forgot that he'd ordered it. I ordered it six weeks ago. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in The Pool Boy. Uh, he's the voice in the movie Channel, another fictional uh, movie. Everybody um, out of the channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as well as the, the pilot. Uh, one, I think that's a season three episode. Uh, season four. Season, season four. four finale. It's oh, yes, it is too. Yes. It is too. Uh, he's the voice of the shop owner telling Kramer that he can't use the bathroom. Sorry, customers only. That's right, yes. And also, he was in the pilot as well. Uh, do you remember when Russell Dalrymple perishes at sea? Yes. He's Larry plays one of the uh, Greenpeace people in the raft. He says, I'll remember her name, Elaine Bennis. I'll write to her. I'll tell her all about you and what you did out here. Goodbye, matey. Goodbye. It's always strange I when Americans say matey. Indeed. I forgot that was Larry David in the episode. So did I. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's him. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he did so many roles until uh, until this episode, until yeah, now. I know, but he was, he's been in a lot. And, but like I mentioned before, he's been in a lot of, like, he's also been in The Marine Biologist. Yep. Where he says, anyone here a Marine Biologist? Yep. That was him. Mm. You know, and that's where George has to act in front of his girlfriend to impress her. Mm. Crazy. He's uh, also the voice of the announcer who makes fun of George as he's uh, eating an ice cream, uh, unknowingly being filmed. And that's in the lip reader. That's right. Yes. Uh, when they're at the tennis uh, and George is getting ice cream all over his face. Hey, buddy, they got a new invention. It's called a napkin. <laughs> yes. He's also in the lip reader again. He's the radio operator of the limo service. He informs Elaine's driver that his next pickup is Tom Hanks, and she gets excited, forgetting that she was pretending to be hard of hearing. Yes. <laughs> Based on only two come in. That's right. Uh, he was in the marine biologist, as he said. As we mentioned, yes. Yep. Uh, uh, also in the stand-in, he is heard as the director of All of My Children, the soap opera that Kramer and Mickey Abbott are hired as stand-ins for. All right, you guys get in their spot so we can fix the lights. <laughs> He was in the Junior Mint, uh, one of my favourite episodes. Yes. Uh, he is seen as a surgeon's assistant during the surgery um, where Jerry and Kramer accidentally dropped the Junior Mint into uh, the uh, abdominal cavity. I had to look at that that scene again. Yeah. And I was like, that's Larry, probably because he was dressed as a surgeon and had his yep. mask. Yeah. I was like, his, no his way. His face was obfuscated by, the, by yeah. the mask. I didn't realise it was. I didn't realise either. Crazy. Yep. And yeah. we, when we did the Junior Mint, I don't remember that coming up in trivia. No, me either. Yeah, because normally we try and get as much trivia as we can. And that surely would have been a point, mm. you know, in, uh, in in our research, but obviously we missed it. Of course. He was also in The Fire. He's heard as the MC of the comedy club uh, who introduces uh, Jerry before his set. Yes. And uh, most notably, besides being Steinbrenner, uh, Larry is notable for being in The Chinese Woman as Frank's Costanza's cape-wearing lawyer. And later on in the episode, he talks Elaine's friend Noreen out of jumping off a bridge. That's right. He's also in The Switch. Uh, he's heard while Kramer and his mother Babs uh, are walking down the street to the coffee shop. What do you say, Cosmo? That's right. He was also in The Wig Master. He's the voice of the cop who's taken the picture of Kramer for his mugshot. And the gum as well, which we've covered. Uh, yes. He's seen uh, as a vendor uh, at a sidewalk window when George tries to buy a pack of gum. I beg your pardon, Your Majesty, but we don't accept bills with lipstick on the president. <laughs> I love how he says it so dryly. Yeah. It's just like, yep. Yeah. I thought he'd be like, oh, sorry, Your Majesty, but yeah. he's just like, eh. 
which is pretty cool, Mm. pretty cash. And also, he's not in the actual episode, but his name's mentioned in The Wizard, which we've done before. Uh, He's featured in three newspaper articles or front pages of the newspaper for the Boca Breeze. Uh, Sorry, you were saying? Uh, No, no. Uh, I thought you were going to say more. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Um, One of the headlines, uh, Larry David gets a hole-in-one. The second headline, Larry David hurts elbow. The third line, Larry David never to play golf again. (laughs) Yes. Nice. He was also in the finale, the very final episode of the show. Uh, he's the voice of an inmate who was in prison for Grand Theft Auto and uh, who heckles Jerry and threatens him during the uh, the final stand-up scene when uh, Jerry's performing to the inmates. That's right. He says, you suck. I'm going to cut you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all of Larry David's appearances on the show. How many was that in total? One, two, Well, there's 13 three, for Steinbrenner. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> You're counting them. 17, uh-huh. 18, 19. 20, yes, 21, yes. 22, 21 episodes. Oh, plus 13 appearances of Steinbrenner. Uh, true. That's, so that's about I guess 40 it, odd. Yeah, 35, I thought it was 35. about 40, yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize he was in so many. Yeah, he was, yes. And you mentioned before, because he was the co-creator, he could basically jump in and He'd go, just yeah. crowbar himself in anywhere. Yeah, between seasons one to seven, he could do whatever he wanted. And then there was that period where he left, and then Jerry and other writers stepped up to the plate for seasons eight and nine to yeah. write him down. And then he came back for the finale. Yep, he wrote the finale. I remember in 97, 98, I remember listening to, I was listening to the radio, I was in the car with my mum, yeah. and they were talking about the finale. I think it was the day that it was announced, or maybe a couple of days after, because this, this was pre-internet, um, you know, and uh, entertainment news always was like a day or two after it was announced in America, because it would take a while to sort of filter through to Australian news outlets. But uh, I remember it was the the day that it was announced that Jerry um, was wrapping up Seinfeld, Obviously, there was a lot of disappointment. Yeah. And they also started speculating on how the season would end straight away. Yeah. I remember, you know, they were like, oh, it's ending. How is it going to end? And uh, I remember the announcement that Larry David was coming back to write the final episode. And that just created massive hype because it um, was, yeah. you know, because a lot of people, including myself, think that, uh, well, the show did change in tone and, and sort of style in quite a few ways for season eight and nine when Larry left. And in my opinion, it dipped in quality a tiny bit. Uh and, you know, a lot of people were stoked that he was coming back. Yeah, yeah. But then a lot of people think that the finale is one of the worst episodes and well, it's really sort of unsatisfying well, the finale, or dissatisfying. The finale has really mixed feelings. A lot of people say that the finale is kind of like just rehashing old secondary characters and bringing them all together, just bringing, making an excuse. Some people say that despite what the four did to other people, they didn't deserve to go to jail. Like, that was a bit rough. Yeah. You know, they're assholes, but they're not criminals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's just it's all obviously it's it's been talked about several times. There's been a lot of think pieces and podcasts and is it good? You know, is it bad? Is it good? Is it know. bad? But yeah, I mean Larry coming back, I think it kind of made sense, you know, to bring Larry back to write yeah. the episode, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, what, what else can we say about Larry David? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of Seinfeld, I mean, we always mention him. You know, he, he gets mentioned in most episodes that we do because he's he's you know he's the creator, he's a mastermind. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, why don't we talk about him uh, in terms of Kirby enthusiasm and some of the stuff that he's done outside of Seinfeld? Oh, of course, yes. Well, I did mention that he did leave uh, Seinfeld in '97, and he did do a feature film, uh, Sour Grapes. Yep, uh, it was a comedy film uh, which didn't really go too well in the box office as well as critically, <laughs> <laughs> like I did mention before. Um, and also, yeah, he started Kirby Enthusiasm, I think, in the year 2000. Yep. It started, season one. I've only ever watched two seasons of it. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm going to admit, more. I've never seen a full episode. You have to. I know. I know it's yeah. on my list of couple, things I have to watch. A couple but... of the episodes, man, I thought I was going to have a heart attack right there and then. Yeah. After the episode, like, it was just, I was laughing and I thought I'm going to die. Like, I've seen the episode seriously. where he says cunt a lot. 
Oh yeah, yeah, but, there's uh, that one. Yes, but uh, I can't. I don't. I don't remember the context of the episode. Just that he drops that a lot. Yeah. Now that was the one where isn't, isn't the episode about that word or uh, about the the profanity of that word? I think it's something like that. Um, I th- I think it's something. But there was an episode. One of my favorite Kirby ep- episodes is I think it's season two. He's got to write an obituary for his wife's aunt, and then there's like a typo at the um at the printing press, and aunt is spelt cunt. Right. C U N T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's good. like, so he's like reading the obituary out, and it's like instead of aunt, it's you know that word, <laughs> you know typo, <laughs> and then the whole the whole grieving family's like crying even more. You know what I mean? It's so bad. That's pretty good. It's so good though. There's a Family Guy cut scene where um Brian and Stewie are watching uh, Wheel of Fortune. And uh, oh, it's like yeah, my yeah. hairy and then blank uh, UNT, and naturally your mind goes to 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 C word, yeah. Uh, but um, we both said it, so we might as well just keep saying it, yeah, um, without being obnoxious about it. No. But um, Brian goes, "Oh, it's my hairy aunt. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> my hairy aunt. Yeah, <laughs> I like those little subversive jokes. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, with him with Kirby enthusiasm, obviously he's the main actor as well. Yeah, um, yeah, really great in the role. Obviously, he's playing. He's kind of like he's mirroring Jerry in a way. You know, it's semi-fictionalized version of himself basically but it's th- but it's different to jerry because jerry's like an up-and-coming comedian in seinfeld but larry has already made his millions from seinfeld he's established and yeah. they actually use seinfeld in kirk yeah this is actually after he's made seinfeld and you know people say oh you wrote seinfeld and all that kind of stuff yeah you know on the show yeah so i guess it's a bit more close to real life than seinfeld is for, for jerry seinfeld's life that's right yeah yeah um, yeah. Do you have anything else about him? Well, I mean, it's pretty hard because Larry isn't really like... He doesn't play himself on Seinfeld and it is a Seinfeld podcast. Yeah. But all I can say is I'm really glad Larry and Jerry met at the comedy club and they got together and mm-hmm. they came up with the idea. Um, I love how, you know, George Costanza is inspired by Larry David and a lot of idiosyncrasies are inspired by Larry David. Um, Jason Alexander mentioned several times that his inspirations for the role were Larry and Woody Allen. Yep. You know, highly be, neurotic highly Jewish ne- men. Yeah, exactly. From New York. Exactly. He, he, <laughs> well, he's playing an Italian Jewish man, yeah. you know, Costanza. So, yep. you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I love the fact that he was one of the people who created Seinfeld. I think that was awesome. Yep. You know, where would we be without him? You know, without Seinfeld. We'd be talking about Frasier. And, yeah, and uh, Frasier. Well, Frasier's still pretty good in some way. Um, yeah, and I, I just love. I just love his writing, his style, and he and a lot of events of Seinfeld are based around his life experiences, which I find really hilarious. Yeah, I, I find a lot of his comedy, from the bits I've seen in Curb and just, just his comedy in general, I find it quite uh, different to a lot of American comedy. Um, you know, obviously British comedy and American comedy, uh, it, you know, they're distinct cultural representations of, of comedy. Uh, I always find Larry David's comedy to be closer to British comedy. Yeah, I find that too, actually. You know, the, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, a lot yeah, of British yeah. comedy is about people saying silly things in awkward situations, people just making fools of themselves. Even Australian or otherwise. comedy in a way, yeah, too. It's, it's a, a bit it's, like that. It's like a piss take. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, British comedy is either highly sophisticated and sort of witty and charming, or it's just about like embarrassing yourself yeah, and yeah. trying to and and the like mr bean yeah like mr bean <laughs> and the more you try and resolve the situation the more embarrassing it gets yeah i find larry david's style more similar to british comedy than typical american comedy which i think is why he's so highly regarded in america because he's sort of he found the perfect mix like it's not it's not purely british he's not ripping off british style yeah but he's found a good mix between you know the the classic British comedy, uh, and you know, but it's Americanized and it's set in America, so it's relevant to Americans. Yeah. And I think that's why he sort of 
you know, that's probably why I got voted in that that list of of, of British comedians, comedians. Because yeah. because I've seen a lot of those lists, and obviously they tend to be British heavy. Mm. Um, you know, I would argue that most of the good comedians historically come from Britain. Uh, so naturally, the list is going to be British heavy. But uh, you know, when when countries do lists, they tend to be biased towards their own talent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the fact that he rated so high. Um, yeah, I think it's because of his style. And it's really funny, like, when you mention that, I've I've never picked Britain to be, like, a big mecca for Seinfeld. You know what no. I mean? Like, I'm sure they've got their fans and, like, of Seinfeld, but I, I don't think the, the British would really appreciate the Seinfeld humour, but I think they'd really appreciate the Curb humour. For sure. I think it's that kind of, yeah, that kind of comedy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, a bit like Faulty Towers, mm-hmm. you know, with Basil Faulty. Yep. I guess Larry David's a bit like a Basil Faulty-like kind of character. Yeah. And I, I haven't, you know, like, watched any interviews with him recently or anything, but I bet Larry David was inspired by those shows as well. Probably, yeah. You know, for, like, Seinfeld to a degree and Curb. I bet you he watched Faulty Towers and... Yep. Black Adder and those kind of shows, and that probably influenced his style as well. Like, it sure. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Monty you know? Python. Monty Python. I reckon he. Lo- I reckon he loves Monty Python. That's probably. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think. I mean, you can. It's almost undeniable how British comedy has at least you know, uh, like, coloured his style of comedy. Yeah. Um. You know, it's still very unique, and it's obviously draws a lot from Jewish culture as well. Mm-hmm, that's right. Um. Yeah, but I I think that's why he's so universally popular because he's found a good mix between making fun of himself, uh, appealing to non-Americans. Yeah. British comedy outside of America is universally loved. I know European. I know people from countries where comedy is not really a thing. Stand-up comedy is not really a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, sitcoms aren't really a thing, but British comedy is still loved by that person and that culture. Yeah. It's just so yeah. universally loved. Um, yeah, and I think that's why he's so highly regarded because he's just sort of he he ticks so many boxes um, in terms of people's taste and and his situations are just objectively funny. Oh, they are, you of know, course. A, a, a person just making a fool of themselves in whatever situation and just trying to back out of that situation but digging himself a bigger hole will always be well, that's funny. That's basically Curb. Every episode's Curb. He, yeah. he gets deeper and deeper as he goes along. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, but, that will always be funny. And the thing I love about his comedy as well in those situations, it's real. Yeah. You know, like the Chinese restaurant we did two weeks ago, that's a real thing. Yeah. You know, that could happen to anyone. Yeah, it's you know relatable. I mean? It's relatable and real, which I love. It's not conjured up or, yeah. you know, or anything. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that his comedy as well is more character-driven as opposed to situational. Yes. You know, I mean, Seinfeld yes. was a sitcom and half of the comedy is derived from the situations that the core four and, and all the other characters are in. But more I'd, I'd say more than half of the comedy is derived from the people and their idiosyncrasies and their lines and who they are in those situations so yeah again it's not i mean you watch sitcoms from the 90s and the characters are just bland yeah you know yeah. like full house and all of those sort of super popular generic oh, ones. that was a product of its time yeah know, family friendly viewing and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah but but the know. characters have no substance there's no depth there's no. no there's nothing it's more about the situations yeah yeah hence the name i guess but um <laughs> you know but yes. But yeah, Larry David managed to find the right mix with Seinfeld of being a sitcom as well as um, a character-driven, character-driven. Yeah. You know, they don't. I mean, they don't have arcs because they don't grow. No, but uh, it's them reacting in complex and interesting and funny ways to basic situations. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's another reason why Seinfeld was so groundbreaking for its time. Not just because it was about nothing, but because the characters were more fleshed out yeah, and they, they were, were more complicated and they were more flawed. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I. I yeah, can't praise him enough, can we? <laughs> can't praise him enough, no. Uh, that's all I guess I can say about Larry David. Yeah, you know? I, I think uh, any more would just be blowing smoke up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But anyway, yeah, so that was uh, What's the Deal with Larry David. Um, so 
whatever. I don't know what our next what's the deal is going to be. I got no idea. I don't know. We'll, I pick, think, we'll cross that bridge. I think we were throwing a few ideas around. I think we were talking about Kruger the other day. Maybe Jackie Charles. Yep. I don't know. Elaine's bosses, maybe. Elaine's bosses. We'll figure yeah, it out. We've got a few ideas. If you have any ideas, you can email us at yeah. podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check us out on our website, com, on social media, and uh, on Patreon as well. Indeed. Do you have any sign for for this week? I have one. Okay. What is it? Uh, so I am rewatching Mr. Robot. Oh, uh, yeah. Lovely. I love that series. You keep pushing me to watch that show. It's such I've a got, good show. I've got seasons one and two, but I just haven't got around oh, to it. So I know, I know, I know, I know. So good. I know. Season four, the final season comes out, I think, mid next year. Yeah. So uh, you've got to watch it before then. Cool. Um, in season two, a character by the name of Leon, who's played by Joey Badass, who's a, who's a really cool rapper. Yeah. He is... I won't explain his character in the show because I'd have to spend five minutes doing that. But uh, he's a prison inmate uh, who spends a lot of his time waxing philosophical about Seinfeld. Oh, cool. And he kind of does a... Does it hold up? kind of angle where okay. he he asks himself sort of rhetorically as well as Elliot the main character who he's talking to uh, about whether Seinfeld applies in the modern day and, yeah. and also whether he believes some of the situations in Seinfeld I can't remember specific comments he makes but a lot of his discussion is just sort of you know he'll watch an episode of Seinfeld and then he'll just sort of talk about it in a semi-rhetorical way going you know do I believe this situation would this be real blah 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 yeah. and then once he gets over Seinfeld because uh, he's a prisoner, he's got access to all of the, uh, the, the DVD box sets yeah, in the yeah. prison library. Sure. He works in the library. Sure. And then he moves on to Frasier. <laughs> so the nice. second half of the season, uh, second season is him talking about Frasier. Um, yeah, so an interesting character in a, a cool Seinfeldism. Oh, I forgot that cool. that... I've already seen uh, season two, yeah, but yeah, I forgot yeah. that that was part of it. Nice. So when I watched it, I'm like, nice. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah, awesome. two of my favorite shows, Mr. Very Robot and Seinfeld, and Seinfeld together yes. at once. Very seminal. And then you got Walker, Texas Ranger coming up, your third favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> well, once I finish watching it, it will be, it will be my... Um, favorite show <laughs> there's a Seinfeldism <laughs> Chuck Norris is watching Seinfeld I'm sure you could connect the two somehow probably yeah. there's probably an actor in Seinfeld who played a bit parties in Walker Texas yeah, probably. I'm sure there's something like that do you have any uh, no Seinfeldisms but I do have Seinfeld trivia for today Tuesday December 4 that's the day we're recording uh, funnily enough it's about Larry David and oh. Jerry there you go I didn't make this I'm not making this up uh, serendipitous indeed Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld worked on early versions of their show script by writing it out in longhand with their big clear barrel pens on the yellow legal pads a practice they would continue throughout the show's run oh there you go interesting yes and apparently Larry does carry a notepad and pen with him wherever he goes and that's how he gets ideas for Curb and uh, how he got ideas for Seinfeld just uh, goes about his life and jots down ideas indeed or draws dicks you know one of the two <laughs> whatever he's in the mood to do whatever whatever he wants <laughs> <laughs> is that a Curb reference I uh, know just... isn't that there's there's a sitcom or something where someone just draws dicks all the time. Maybe it's it's always sunny. Uh, yeah. I know it's probably always sunny. Anyway, anyway, that's another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Thank you so much for listening uh, to us for another week. We really appreciate your support, and uh, we're loving the, you know, seeing the downloads and the subscriptions go up and up each week. Thank you very much. And uh, if you have any friends, you know, who are dying to listen to a new Seinfeld podcast or, you know, they they love Seinfeld and they want to hear a podcast, you know, relating to the show, which is still around, uh, yeah, tell them about this one. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Leave us a review if you want to as well. Yeah, please. Next week we are celebrating Festivus and uh, we're talking about the strike. Yes. So, yeah. Classic episode. A couple of Elaine's male suitors at the betting agency. We'll talk about them. Uh, <laughs> also Jerry's two-faced girlfriend. Yep. As well. Uh, Kruger makes an appearance. And, uh, yeah, a couple other characters. H- I think H.E. Pennypacker. 
makes an appearance. As Excellent. Well. Yeah. Oh no, Doctor Nostrum Dr. makes Nostrum. an appearance. Yeah, Doctor Nostrum. Doctor Van Nostrum. Van Nostrum. I don't think we've analysed Van Nostrum yet. Well, he's not a character. <laughs> no. Well, we've analysed Pennypacker. That's true. Kramer's <laughs> other alter ego. That's true. So yeah, Van Nostrum makes an appearance, and uh, we'll talk about some other secondary characters and celebrate because that episode is coming out the week before Christmas. And I'd like to say to our Jewish listeners, uh, it's going to probably pass by the time this episode comes out. But uh, happy Hanukkah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, happy New Year. Happy New Year as well. Yes. I don't know anything about Jewish culture. <laughs> So That's I'm okay. Just say Happy New Year. But yes, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you the week before Christmas for the strike. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen, and we're going to see you then. Bye.